Hey everybody, welcome to the uh, Mandalorian recap from Long Lost Heroes podcast. Uh, it is AJ, I'm here in Chicago, I'm joined by my co-host. Frankie, here in Brooklyn as always. What's going on, man? Not much. Um... So we got through the holiday, we saw Mandalorians, and uh, we got to talk about this fantastic, beautiful episode. Um, I think that this show is off to a great start. I'm kind of interested to see all the different episodes of The Mandalorian. Um, but I, 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 you know, the start of this episode just set such a kick-ass tone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I loved it. What did you think of this week? I thought it was great. Um, I think this is something that I feel like I've seen in some of the animated shows, um, like Clone Wars or Rebels, or maybe both, I don't remember, but where, you know, your heroes go to somewhere that they need to help and train them on the ways of, you know, combat. Yeah, and some seven defend, samurai like, shit. Yeah, and so, like, that's what's really cool. Like, the the other episodes of the series so far have been very Western, like, spaghetti Western influence, and this sure. is very much like a samurai influence, and I think it's really, really cool. I feel you. I I also uh, I want to talk about for a second. This episode's directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Um, who did I think a kick-ass job here? Totally. And I think we'll have a could totally direct the hell out of some action shit. Uh, did I I like this episode's uh, feel? Um, I definitely um, think uh, you know. She did a cool AMA earlier. She has been posting all weekend about it. So that's awesome that they let. Oh, that's awesome. It's cool that they're like letting again, like that the that Star Wars directors are kind of allowed to do what they want to do, you know, unless yeah. you're Phil Lord and uh, the other guy. Um, so and Miller, Chris Miller, you, you get fucking fired, or you're Gareth Edwards. Like, like, isn't it weird that like they've gone through crazy shit with these like. You know, well, I guess it's a lot lower stakes to come and direct a TV show. It's sure, yeah, but you know, this is the first Star Wars TV show, so I mean, they they got a you know a, a bunch of names on it, and like they want it to be good. It's not like they're just like you know. Sometimes on TV, you're like, ah, I've never heard of any of these directors because that's what they do. They just direct TV, but like. You know, Bryce Dallas Howard, she's like a huge name, and she's probably going to direct some movies. And, you know, she started on this, I guess, right? Like, Yeah. It was, um, it was straight awesome. So pretty much the first scene, there's these awesome people who live on this planet who just get these krill out of this pond. It looks very amazing. There's this little kid who's chasing a frog. We see a little droid walking around. I hope you're feeling the beautiful pastoral imagery because in a moment it's about to be destroyed by these horrible-looking Clatoonians. Uh, Clatoonians? Clatoonians? I, I don't remember. They're from Clatooine. Clatooine. Yeah. And they are just like these horrible, terrible monster raider people. They come and steal their shrimp, which is very mean. Don't, they yeah. let them have their shrimps. And uh, then we go to the credits. And it's like kind of a little mini Star Wars movie. I kind of love that. Yeah, this is, the, the, I guess, the longest episode we've had so far. And it's definitely pretty much a self-contained story. Like, uh, 
you know, the, the other ones so far felt kind of like all connected. And obviously this is still connected to the overall story. But, you know, he lands on the planet in the beginning of the episode. A ton of time passes, actually. And he leaves at the end. Um, you know, I, I think the characters grow throughout. There's There's so much backstory developed it's like it's really interesting i think people in the star wars universe like tend to like stay around you know places for a couple of weeks you know like they're there for a while you know like we only see them in the movies for you know just kind of like moving around pretty rapidly but you know over a short period of time but there's a lot of time in between that where they really don't move around so much (laughs) you know yeah um okay so I want to, okay, so, I mean, are there spoilers for this episode? Yes? No? Ah, yeah, let's dive in. <laughs> um, I mean, Baby Yoda has broken the internet. Um, for sure. I'm going to make a campaign, and I'm going to start it now. Shayna will come on in a future episode and talk about her Baby Yoda discussion. But my Baby Yoda discussion is as such. Uh, I don't think we should call him Baby Yoda, I think it's disingenuous to this character, which is separate from Yoda and not Yoda. And I think we should call him Yodi. And I think that's more of a better terminology for what this is, because up until I had told Shayna that this is not, in fact, Baby Yoda, and this is not a prequel that takes place a thousand years before uh, the events of the movies we all talk about, um, she just thought that this was Baby Yoda. And she's like, well, what the fuck is it? And I'm like, well, we right. don't know. We don't know what it is. So I'm sure that maybe they'll give it a name at some point or they'll give more context, I hope. Um, it sort of seems to be confirmed that Baby Yoda is in season two. We don't know. Um, right. It, you know, it's just so interesting because, like, I, I read a few articles today. Like, um, Dave Filoni, like, gave his blessing and saying, yeah, if people want to call it Baby Yoda, go ahead. That's, like, there's no better way to define it at this point because everyone knows Yoda, and it's a baby of Yoda's species. We don't know the species, and we don't know its name. He gave the blessing, but then you hear in other articles, like, when they were talking about the merchandising, like, well, no, we can't call it that. That's not the official term. Like, the official term is the child. And, you know, Mandalorian, he calls him kid. He calls him, like... I love, love, loved when he called him the little womp rat. That was yeah, that so was great. Um, but, like, I don't know. After a certain point, like, we got to call him something. And I don't disagree with you. I think that Baby Yoda is a problematic name because, you know, even he's if not, he, He's not Baby Yoda. He's, he's not he, Yoda as a baby, nor is he Yoda's baby, unless we find out he is Yoda's baby. Like Mandalorian, just give him a name. Just call him something. Don't just I'm, call him kid. I'm te- I know, but I don't think that he, Mandalorian doesn't have that kind of relationship with stuff. He's not the guy who's going around and singing to his equipment, or you know, walking around, you know, joyfully, happily. We see that he's. You're telling me he can have a name for his ship, but he can't have a name for the child well, that he's you ha- dragging that, along. It could be some other ship that he got and it was already named, like. Ah. You know, you know, like that's pre. We already know his ship is uh, pre-Empire. It's from the Clone Wars, so it's way older than it looks. So I don't know. I no, no, no. I think that he Mandalorian has a lot of rules. We learned about those rules this week. But one of the rules is is he is not cutesy, and he's not going to name Baby Yoda Yodi. But I'm telling you, if we start calling him Yodi, 
people will it it will catch on, and then there'll be like this cute other name that like we know, but like maybe other people don't know. Maybe they start to know, right? And then over time, like they've like you know we'll see what they name Yoda, but like they they had Yoda and Yaddle, like Yodi is right sure. in there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Okay, we could be writing for Star Wars. That's what I'm saying. So this is my pitch. Baby Yoda, name him Yodi. And I'm starting with calling him that right now. Yodi 2020. Yodi 2020. Oh, my God. Okay, so um, he drinks some soup, and he's super cute. (laughs) I think that was just like a great moment where, like, uh, you see uh, Mandalorian and uh, Cara Dune fighting, and then it pans to the left, and it's like he's just watching them. Oh my god, he's so fucking cute. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, the thing is, none of us knew. Nobody knew what this show was going to be. No, we had no fucking idea. You had no fucking clue. <laughs> like that's the. It was such a great. Uh, it's such a great spoiler to be kept. They're good about this, but like ultimately, yeah. like that's a huge. It's huge. It's huge. I had no. I we had no idea. We had no idea. So like, do you? I, I I kind of got this vibe. I don't know if maybe I misread it. That the Mandalorian or Mando. I don't like Mando as a name, by the way. We're gonna name everything, but I guess Mando yeah. is in universe. That's what he calls himself, or they call him. But anyway, our Mandalorian. And Cara Dune, to me, it seemed like they had known each other. Am I wrong? No, I think that they're they're like in similar trades. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like he's a bounty hunter, she's a mercenary. Like they hang out in the same places. <laughs> you know what I? Obviously. So, but like they, he recognized her, but not like they're like they're not like best buds, but they like knew each other from just like circles, right? I think. Man, I think. Uh, I think Mandalorian is very sensitive to, you know, people and things that he meets because he's like he's very suspicious. He's a bounty hunter, right? Right. So like, also he knows right now that there's definitely a bounty on him, um, and for the kid. And like, regardless sure. of how remote he is, he's still going to be thinking a little bit about that. So I think he's also interested in like the underworld scumminess of Star Wars. Like, this is kind of where this show really kind of takes a hard you know you know turn into in that you're not we don't really see you know like what's ha- going on in the moisture evaporators like that's not very a big part of this show right now what we're looking at is the under scummy world of star wars and the aftermath of how the corrupt imperials tried to take what they could after the fact and like mm-hmm. profit off of that so n- i no, I think Mando is like, uh, you know, we see him have like a really strong moral compass and that, you know, he, you know, wants to, uh, you know, ki- kind of be ahead of the game. You know, like he, he's like the, maybe it's just the video game player in me, but like to me, like he wants to protect Yodi as long as he possibly can to the best of his abilities. And the sure. only way to do that is if he sees somebody who looks suspicious he has to assume the absolute worst and be out there ready to fucking throw his flamethrower again. Of course. But, like, basically what I was getting to is, like, when they do fight and then they kind of, you know, 
pause and, and realize that, you know, maybe, and then they, they have a conversation to me that there was a sense of like camaraderie there that was otherwise unearned and that, you know, are I we, just, are we bringing back a classic long lost hero segment in missed opportunities and that you're talking about the martial art that the Mandalorians use? <laughs> uh, no, I was not going. About. But no, I wasn't going there. Don't but. they have some kind of like special martial art that they do that I don't know the name of? I'm sure we got to ask John Fath, I guess. Fucking, I we need the fucking Mandalorian. Um, oh man, there was a really cool Easter egg in this episode that I caught. Um, in that bar, uh, when Yodi is walking along and he encounters that cat-looking creature. Yeah, that is a loth cat from Lothal, which is the home planet of Ezra from Star Wars Rebels. Right. So they've officially, I mean, it's always been canon, but, like, they've brought it into live action that the Lothcats are, like, a thing. Totally cool. Great which representation really cool. and yeah. adorable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was cool. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they go along and we, we see... She's a um, shock trooper. She's a shock trooper. She has a Rebel Alliance tattoo under her eye. Which is really cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and uh, yeah, so that they go and they they help out this this village with this issue that they've got going on, um, and they set up this whole sequence of events of like training people and and setting traps and everything. But you know, over the time that they're there, they you know Yodi bonds with the other kids, and yeah. he bonds with uh, the lady. I don't remember her name. Omera. Uh, Omera, who's and like this, who's like solid. Like I mean, she's a widow, but like she's like solid. She can shoot gun. You know, she's obviously very well respected and you know intelligent in the community. You know, and then there was like these two income poops that she was yelling at. <laughs> I mean, also like I mean, Cara Dune at the end of the episode had a great point. She's like, well, all right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. The I liked the Omera character. I thought she was very cool. And a modern day, like updated version of like what the old Western like love interests would have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like instead of it being like, you know, she's you know has to take care of her like old sick dad or something. Like she's got a kid and she has to deal with this stuff and you know she's fucking dealing with the krill harvest. But she's she's yeah she's like but she can also hold her own. She can. And she could beat the fucking shit out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of past. Yeah. She she was like. She wasn't a damsel in distress, right? She was right. like, she was able to hold her own. There was a greater problem that her whole village that she couldn't solve on her own, but you know, wasn't gonna like let, give it up for the Mandalorian to just handle, right? It's like right. I'm gonna help, but like help me because you can. Um, and so they have this whole relationship that goes on, and he tells her about the Mandalorian culture, we actually learn a little bit more actually about uh, his foundling status, um, whether this was something that was explicit in the show or something that I read afterwards. Foundling is, isn't just a young Mandalorian. This is like, they, he wasn't born as a Mandalorian. They, he was orphaned and the Mandalorian people adopted him into their culture. And, from there, that's why he's he 
he feels this honor of keeping his helmet on at all times because if once you take it off and someone else sees your face, you are no longer really a part of the culture. That's like that's one of their like like number one rule of Fight Club. Yeah, um, uh, which is super interesting. We see him take off the helmet, but like we don't see his face or the back of his head or anything. He eats some food and watches as Yodi plays in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love also how Yodi kind of moves around, you know, like he's like, he's very sneaky, sneaky. And the opening scene of him in the cockpit with uh, Mando and, and he's like fucking with the switches is like, is perfect. It's so great. <laughs> uh, okay. So, you know, ultimately there's a really nice action, you know, the the end of this episode is is pretty great. So... They go over to, you know, the bad guy, the Clatoonian's uh, house, and they they blow up their, you know, krill beer. Uh, <laughs> this obviously upsets them. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, <laughs> they run away only to see the motherfucking chicken walker, A-T-S-T, in, it, in its most badass cinematic use ever. Ever. At night. Red eyes glowing. Yeah, it's great. Oh. Um, one inaccuracy I will point out: we do are we are able to see a full-on Wookiee and several Ewoks through the eyes of the ATST. So whether or not they were doing some kind of artistic rendering, or maybe they had like you know made it kind of scary and used mirrors to not show that they were in there, or if this was being driven remotely, I don't know. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen an interior shot of the inside of the chicken walker. Mm. Uh, I love, I like the old interior shots of the walkers. Those are always cool little scenes and cutaways. Um, I think it enriches the moment, but I also get not doing it. They're just ugly. Fuck them. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's fine. I, I agree. Like they could have at least shown a shadow of a figure in the eyes. Like right. if it's glowing red, you're going to be able to see something from the inside. Right. It's, I uh, guess it's just a different artistic interpretation of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, you know, we've also see, we've, we're also seeing it from George Lucas angles. Like, this show is very purposefully to be, like, you know, from a lower angle where you can't see what's going on inside. That's fair. That's a good point. Uh, ultimately, they, they figure out a good trick to capture the chicken walker. They're going to trick it by building one of those New York City puddles where you step in and you fall in up to your waist and suddenly <laughs> you're covered in just horrible gray matter and you have no idea what you're going to do with the rest of your pants for that day. <laughs> you just take them off and throw them out and burn yeah, them. You can't, you can't wear them anymore. Yeah, you also should probably go to the hospital because now you have the clap and somehow <laughs> the plague. Anyway, uh, so they're about to accomplish their plan and then the chicken walker like stops and like waits this is a great scene. I really like this. How... It really increased the suspense level and yeah, tension. I, I liked it. Um, I thought it was a great play. It was also cool to see uh, that Mando is, you know, we've seen him work well with, you know, a, a droid before, but he does really work well with others. You know, he's great in a team. He's a collaborator. He's a team player. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, he wants to win at, at all costs. Um, okay. So... Uh... Oh, his gun's called the pulse rifle. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, I love, and I, he he hands it off. Yeah, very that cool. Is, that seemed to me like you know a sacred thing that like one does not part with, 
but hey, okay, you know, he's he trusts Kara to to do her her shit. I think she's a really cool character. Um, she's in it more. She's not she's not done yet. I, I mean, she's got to be right. Like that's the thing that's been really cool about this show. They've teased along a lot of characters that have only been in like an episode, IG Eleven and and Cara Dune and um, I mean like just like the Mandalorian army basically and even uh, uh, Nick Nolte's character from like the the first two like the, the if this was all we saw of her, great. This was this was really a cool like sort of cameo if you want to. Be put it that way sure but if she's back all the more better i mean um i i couldn't remember like at the end of the episode and i don't want to get ahead of ourselves but like they said goodbye but then like he's waving to the group and like i don't think she's with them so like i'm like maybe she hop in his thing and it's just gonna be like I'm well we didn't with you. see we didn't see them wife to a you know ship leaving an atmosphere so yeah you know, that's usually the indication that they're about to be out, you know? Yeah. I, it, until we, until I, you know, we're going to see what's going to, I think she's with them and Yodi. Um, okay, so after they defeat the chicken walker and the bad guys, um, which, you know, I, I I get. I mean, they had they had to do what they had to do. Um, they had to do what they had to do, but it wasn't also like, they didn't slaughter everybody, right? No. Um, like, the, the guys were like, oh shit, our big weapon's done, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, fine, perfect. Uh, so yeah, they could be back and in greater numbers. Ultimately, what we are going to see is pretty sad scene. So we so we see uh, Mandalorian, and he goes to Omera, and he's like, listen, I'm leaving uh, Yodi here with you. I mean, he's got to be here. He's not going to be a bounty hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's a Jedi. Also, like, a significant amount of time passes. A couple of, uh, maybe a couple of months, right? A couple months or a couple of weeks, they say. Something like, oh, we did a lot of damage a few weeks back or something like that. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty cool that we've seen, like, we see that he's been there for a while. Yeah, he's and it's like finally settles in and feels comfortable. And it's like maybe I'll leave this kid here. It's not like he just dropped him off after a day. Um, so I, I'm I'm cool with that. I also love that uh, you know he you know found this nice lady for him to live with, and he would have a brother or sister or whatever. And you know they'd be they'd be nice, and you know it would be a nice little life for Yodi. But unfortunately, Yodi is being tracked. And yes. I think that the next episode is going to have to deal with that. In that we're going to have—I mean, they're tracking Yodi. Like they've obviously got something inside Yodi, um, or that there's something well, that allows people to be tracked. I think that it's sort of a universal thing, though, um, based on the way the the based on the world that was set up in the first episode with the, with the fobs and and the the digits and all those things. It's like to me. It sounds like almost anybody is trackable in this universe, hmm. and it, it you know that what it, whether it's based on their DNA or whatever they have, um, so somehow that they're still tracking Yodi. Um, so there's another thing about Yodi. Ever since he was rescued, yeah, we have not seen him use his force powers. That's true. Not that he necessarily had the opportunity to. And we only actually saw him do it once. <laughs> but he wanted to use his Force powers to heal him earlier on. And so, like, you would think that maybe there was other 
opportunities that he would, you know, you're a little kid, you want to use your force powers to drink your soup instead of use your hands. I don't know. Like, do, right. we, think, do we think that whatever they did to him and uh, impacted him in that way? I hope not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I, I really hope not. That could be, that could be a certainty. That would be some wild next level shit. That they just extract right, like, your midi-chlorians and then you don't have the force anymore? Right, or or something that, or at least it's a, it like blocks his ability to access it. Like, maybe there's a, a moment in like an upcoming episode where, I don't know, Mandalorian is put in a similar situation where then he looks to the kid to be like, ah, stop this giant rhino from running at my face. And then the kid can't use his force powers. It's like, oh, shit. you know, performance anxiety or whatever. Um, 9 out of 10, 14 out of 5. <laughs> you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, okay. Uh, overall, I like this little bottle episode. I thought it was fun. It definitely had some cool nods. It was shot beautifully. It felt like a movie. Um, I don't know. I'm... I'm down for the long haul of Mandalorian, I guess, in that, like, I would watch this show for ten seasons, maybe. You know, like, if if Mandalorian went on and it was a place and a vehicle for people to come and direct singular vision kind of action sequences as a part of this cool story, um, I'm I'm kind of okay with that forever. This would be, like, my Stargate. Um, I, I think it's, it just lo- it looks, it feels like Star Wars. It looks right. Look, it feels, yeah. it has the right, you know, attitude and, uh, formula and I'm sold. Yeah. And I mean, I think especially at the rate that they're going where it's like some episodes are like 30 minutes, some are 40, the season's only eight episodes. Like, yeah, I could definitely watch another nine seasons if, if that's the length and the amount we're going to get. Um, because I just want to see more of the Star Wars universe. Like, do I think that the entire story needs to revolve around Yodi? Probably not. But like, maybe, maybe that that plot thread gets resolved, and you know, he's a bounty hunter, and like, we move on to something else. And I think that's that provides such a cool opportunity to have episodic TV, yeah, um, for Star Wars that we probably wouldn't have imagined. Um, because he can just go on to a new mission. Um, but, you know, and it's set in a really interesting time period where we don't really know much of what went on. And It's halfway through this, the season, but we haven't seen um, Moff yet. Like, we're at the halfway point now, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, that is kind of a bummer. But, you know, there are still implications of, like, you know, maybe there, that idea that we've had about... Uh, you know, right before Rise of Skywalker, and it's going to tie in in some major way. That'll be kind of cool. And we know season two is coming. Right. And we know we're getting other shows on Disney Plus. So, but yeah. Okay. This was a good one. Yeah, definitely one for the books. Historic in a lot of ways, and also just another episode of TV. Uh, okay. Um, Frank, you want to tell the people how they can find us? Yeah, uh, you can find us online at longlostheroes.net. You can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play and Spotify and all the podcasting platforms of your choosing. Uh, You can please rate and subscribe uh, and review us as as you would because we 
want to know what you think about our podcast and any other thoughts. And if you have thoughts on The Mandalorian, please comment and let us know. And you can also find us on social media at LLH Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, you know, we, we have an, a brand new episode of, of Watchmen out there as well for you guys to listen to based on the most recent episode. Um, and we're going to be covering both of those shows until they finish up in the next few weeks. Uh, we're definitely going to see Rise of Skywalker and talk about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, more Star Wars, of course. Um, anything else for you tonight, buddy? I'm good. Uh, yes, I can't wait for, um, you know, these two projects to keep rolling right along. I'm hoping to get back to Chicago and be done traveling for the year, so... No more remote episodes until 2020. Sounds good. All right, man. Well, we will catch you sometime next week. For certain. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.